This is One Oak Church. We exist to share the hope of Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, you are welcome. Our mission is simple, to bring people that are far from God close to Him. Tune in as Pastor Robbie Emery shares how we change the world by loving God and loving others. We're going to share a little bit. We started a series last week called Love, Sex, and Marriage. And we're just talking about relationships and our our responsibilities in these relationships and the opportunities that we have through uh, the different relationships in life, whether they're work relationships, uh, casual relationships, or a marriage relationship. And we want to just talk about all those, share with you. We're going to give you some few points, give you some things to take home with you. And uh, we're going to do that today. Um, as I sat down, some of you, uh, I got a text message. Just one. We can, there's different ways you can give the One Oak Church. One is through our, you can give live in service like we just did, or you can give through our app. Uh, you can download the One Oak Church app. You also can listen to the podcast every week at oneoakchurch.com or through our app. Download the app. Many are on vacation this week. In fact, uh, one of our team members are actually in Mexico. We're sad for them because they're in Mexico on vacation. But um, but they're gonna, they're gonna tune in on Tuesday and listen to the podcast. They're a married couple, been married about a year, and they said, we don't wanna miss it, but we're gonna be in Mexico. So that's a way they can tune in and check it out. So I encourage you this week, maybe you don't get pick up everything, but you can get a few nuggets here today, but listen this week, tune into it, maybe encourage some of your friends or family members to check it out as well. And uh, it'll be a blessing to them, I hope. And also you can give through the app and then you can text to give. We can do a lot of things with our phones these days. You can text to give. You just text One Oak Church to 77977 and you can give that way as well. At the end of service, we're gonna do something pretty incredible. We're gonna give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never made him Lord of all, uh, today you'll have that opportunity. At the end, we'll say a few things, share a few things, the hope that we have in the cross and give you an opportunity to just say yes to him and make it really simple. I'll have every, every head bowed, every eye closed, and just ask you, if you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe for you it's been a long time, today you'd like to make that decision. We'll just have you slip your hand in the air. And as a church, we'll pray a prayer together. I can't pray for you, but I can pray with you. And we'll do that together. And then the band will come back and we'll have one more time of worship. Whereas a church family, what we like to do is we like to gather around the altar and worship. We like to come up front and pray just as a sign of connection, a sign of surrender, a sign of community. We'll do that. You ever been watching a football game and man, the team wins and they rush the field? It's awesome, right? It's like, I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be a part of what's happening on that field. It's just that momentum, that, that excitement, that moment, if you will. We wanted that to happen in our church. I wanna be a part of that in that community. And so we give you that opportunity at the end of the service today. And, and if you just mark on your connect card or even one of these other cards that we have here that you just said yes to Jesus, you gave your life to Christ that day. And, and maybe your next step is you'd like to be water baptized. Um, the week after Easter, April 16th is Easter. On April 23rd, we'll do water baptisms again. We hope you can be, be a part of that. Last week, uh, we challenged each of you to consider a small thing that you can do to make a big difference for someone else. And so we handed out these $2 bills. See, they do exist, like Santa Claus. And so we, we, encourage you to, we encourage you to pass those out, give those away. And it was love week, right? Valentine's Day was on Tuesday. And we not only wanna speak about love, but we wanna, we wanna show love. And the smallest act of kindness is, is worth more than the greatest intention. 
So you guys begin to share love stories this week, the stories of generosity. It was pretty awesome. Lunches, gas, coffee, it was all purchased. Made a huge, huge thing. I told you I shared these stories with the superintendent of our school district. He was quite impressed. In fact, I gave him a $2 bill. I, I believe God's doing something great in our community. We saturated this community with uncommon currency, $2 bill, and uncommon love with a hope to introduce them to an unchanging God. See, when it comes to keeping secrets, if you have small children, you understand this well. When it comes to keeping secrets, my kids are horrible at it. I don't tell them anything. You can't. They're just gonna, they're gonna tell it, especially birthday gifts or Christmas gifts for Danielle. I'm not gonna tell them. They can't know. Because they can't keep a secret. They're just gonna blurt it out. They're just gonna tell it to everybody. And that's just the way love should be though, right? Love should erupt from us. It shouldn't be a secret. Love should ooze out of us everywhere we go. It shouldn't be quiet. Love is meant to burst forth out of us. Love is not to be a secret, but to be shouted through our actions and our attributes. Let me just tell you this. Love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Think about that. To fall in love, to fall out of love, love is not a feeling, it's a choice. I choose love. I choose to give love. And choices lead and feelings follow. So if love is a choice and choices lead, but feelings, they follow. They come after it. In order for relationships to work, we have to let the one who designed them define them. So our, our talk on relationships, though it's rooted in some good, just, man, that's a good idea. I need to apply that to my life. It's, it's also biblical. It's more than just a good idea. It's a God idea. So we're gonna read some scripture. We're gonna share a little bit today and I hope you just dial in, just lock in, lean in today. Let's see God do some, some big things. The series is for everyone. Everyone who wants to love and be loved in their life. Everyone who has or wants a specific someone in their life to feel special and everyone who desires intimacy. Yeah, and just to recap what we what we said last week, our goal in this series is to, we want to strengthen good marriages, right? We want to, we want to strengthen those things. And we're going to give you key components on a happy marriage. And if, if you're already married, this will help you in your day-to-day -day life. But if you're single, this will help you as well um, in, mar in making marriage what it becomes. And we want to heal broken marriages. You know, love restored, intimacy enjoyed, and dating reestablished can be God's tool in restoration. You know, most of us might not have huge marriage problems, but this will help us in, in getting through just the day-to-day -day marriage things and dating and being single. Um, and then we want to equip the unmarried. Getting love, sex, and dating right today can bless your future. Your future, if, you're, if you are not married, this will be a great series because it will also give you a tremendous boost in preparing for marriage one day and in your day-to-day -day relationships and your friendships. This, this series will help all of us, no matter where you are, in your relationship. If we want a godly marriage one day, live a godly life today. I don't have to fix things when I get married. I'm gonna fix them when I'm single. And so when I'm married, I'm not bringing along a bunch of extra things into marriage. Cause we all know all of us are married. There's enough that goes along with marriage that we have to work out together. What if instead of finding the right person, you decided to become the right person? 
Ask yourself this question. Am I the kind of person that the kind of person I'm looking for is looking for? Am I the kind of person that the kind of person I'm looking for is looking for? So if you have your Bibles, open them with me to John chapter 13, verse number 34. Put it up on the screen too. It says this, a new commandment I give you. Notice the, the way Jesus is saying this. He's talking to a group of people who have known a lot of commandments. He said, I'm gonna give you a new one. I'm like, oh, great. We already have 600 plus commandments. You're gonna give us a new one? We can barely get these 600 down. Now we had a new one. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. What? Love one another. You mean Samaritans? I'm gonna love Samaritans. Gentiles, I'm gonna love Gentiles. I'm gonna love people who are not like me. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. I've loved you unconditionally. I've loved you beyond your reputation. I've loved you beyond your resources. I, I love you unconditionally. As I have loved you that you also love one another. Oh, I can love people. I'm good with that. No, now you have to do it the way I did it. You have to love people the way I loved you. That's the way you do it. That's how you get it right. That's how you work through it is you love people the way Jesus loved us. We're gonna talk about that today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for bringing us together for the next few minutes, God, 20 minutes just to share our heart from your word and talk about this incredible thing of love and our relationships, marriage. I pray, God, that we would draw closer to you and ultimately draw closer to our significant other, our spouse, our friends, our family members, our coworkers. Help us to be better people, God. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to be together. We pray, Lord, that people will turn their hearts to you and marriages return towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. I, I knew Danielle was my girl for a long time. She was very special to me. I knew she was. I knew she was the girl for me. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't, it took us a long time to, to solidify that, to get married, but I, I knew she was. And, and so I, I tried to be like this hopeless romantic, right? We use that word hopeless because like we just all, you ever, everyone, anyone ever say this to somebody or have this said to you, God bless his heart. Oh, bless his heart, or God bless his heart. That's like a cop-out, right? <laughs> like, oh, he just doesn't have it all together, right? Oh, he's missing, you know, a few sandwiches short of a picnic, right? So we, we say that, and that's kind of, I was a hopeless romantic. So I did things that may be a little odd or a little different, but I did them. One of those things that I did is when we were kind of courting or dating, I'm trying to use words that I can use words with my girls now because they're like, they're 10 and they're, you know, when they're 35, they'll start dating. And um, so we're using words like courting around the house. And me and mom courted. Um, we, uh, there was one day we're, we're just hanging out and, and I don't know what we're doing, but she asked, hey, do you have any gum? I have a piece of gum. And I'm like, no, I don't have any gum. I don't. And like, that was the one little thing that she wanted, right? She wanted a piece of gum. It was, man, a long time. She wanted a piece. I didn't have it. And so I, I, I thought of something in that moment that, I would never, Durand, I would never be without a pack of gum, ever. Because when she was asked again, I wanted to make sure that I could give her that little thing. 
I could provide that little thing for her. Now that is hopeless, folks. That is just nothing really. But it was kind of like an endearment. It was, it was a love. It was something that I wanted to make sure she knew. And, and I carried it. Well, and what he's not going to tell you is he, he would always give me a piece of gum after that. Every single day he would see me, he would just give me a piece of gum. And I'm like, thank you. Like, I didn't ask, but thank you. And he knew what it meant, and I didn't. And I think it was until we were married. It was on our wedding day. I wrote he her a note. He told me why he would always give me a piece of gum is because of that reason. Because I asked one day, and I, he didn't have it. So it, it is hopeless, but it's, it worked, baby. I'm dro- we're dropping some knowledge, <laughs> folks. We're just giving you little tidbits. You ever make a mixtape back in the day? You ever do that? Come on, we got some older people in the crowd. You made a mixtape. It's a little easier now. You don't have to do that. But the way we made a mixtape back in the day, right? And so you would sit by the radio all day long. Like you didn't have anything else to do on a Saturday afternoon. You'd sit by the radio. Some of you are like staring at me like, what in the world is a mixtape? What's he talking about? I'm 38 years old, folks. I made mixtapes for my wife. And, and so I would sit by the radio all day long and I'd have the one, it would be big enough and you would have to hit the, the, record, the bright red record button along with the play button at the same time to record that song on the radio. You would never get the whole song and, or you'd get someone's voice leading up to the song to record. And we would, we would mix it up. Man, I would give her a mixtape. I would say, you know, this is our songs. And I would pop them in the tape player when I pick her up. That was our mixtape. And one of those songs that appeared on the mixtape, maybe some of these other ones, was this one right here. Check this out. I love you. 
Those are good. Yeah. Whew, thank you. Come on, you guys like those? <laughs> You're like, I need to make a mixtape when I get home. Oh, was that my mixtape? That was a little bit. We'll mix it up. <laughs> awesome. Well, your relationship with Jesus, that's what we're talking about today, will set the tone for every other relationship in your life. If your marriage relationship is lacking something, it more than likely your relationship with Jesus is too. The reason you don't have true love, and I said this last week, the reason you don't have true love is because you never found your first love, who is Jesus. All relationships stem from love. All relationships stem from love. There are many definitions of love. Scripture lays it out that there's this agape love, which is this deep love that Christ showed for every one of us. And so there's all these definitions of love. So, and what we use love in terms that are not necessarily love terms, like you may love pizza, but then in the same breath say, I love my wife. That's not the same definition of love. It's not true. You can't love pizza as much as your spouse. It just doesn't work that way. So, but there's all these levels of love. We love strangers or supporters, friends, and we love our spouses. Relationship strength, we said last week, comes from three, uh, three things. It comes from us being able to connect, us being able to communicate, and finally us being able to care. We connect in similar things. We use the acronym FORM, F-O-R-M. We connect with family relationships. When we connect with somebody, we ask them about their family. The O part is occupation. What do you do for a living? We can, the R is recreation. What do you do for fun? You like to golf. You like to run. You like to work out. And then, then the M part is the message part. It's the connect part. It's beyond that moment. It's, hey, do you, are you on Facebook? You know, are you, uh, do you have, do you want to text? Do you want to call? Those things, that's how we build relationships. We connect that way. And then, then we care. We have to care uh, to allow relationships to grow. We live in this, it's about me culture. I wonder if we could flip that. We go from a, a selfie culture to a healthy culture and flip that and become a, a we culture. Because if you flip it, just do that physically. If you flip the M from me and it becomes the we part. And if you flip us physically, what that would happen is if you turned yourself upside down, you said, you know, I'm gonna live this about we, we become more generous because anything that's in our pockets will fall out. Yeah. Well, if you're upside down too, then your heart is above your head. We have more people living with their heart above their head who will truly make a difference in our communities. We truly see love shared and shown everywhere we go. And that's what we want to do. So we encourage you to do that. And the next one is communicate, which is a huge thing in relationships. Um, we want you to praise your spouse. You know, words create your world. I said that a little bit last week, but we're really going to talk about the, that today is what you say is so powerful. Um, your words have power when you speak over your spouse or children, what that will be. Speak love and speak life always. Uh, communication is how your words create your world. You create that. In Proverbs 18 and 21, um, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Um, did anyone ever tell you, um, growing up maybe, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. I think we all um, have heard that as a child growing up, and we were like, oh, okay, you know what that ever means. But as we grow into adults, we understand that, that is, it means so much more because our words carry weight. When we say things, we can never get those words back. If you ever say something and you're like, oh, I wish I could just take that back. Um, but that's kind of how it is. Um, it creates an environment. It creates that world. And um, your, your words are a creative force. And through words of faith, you can speak life into any circumstance. 
our words are so important. You ever, someone communicating and talking and, and, and they, they say a phrase and at the, end, at the end they put no offense, you know? That doesn't work, folks. Let's stop doing that. Like, you're ultimately offended just because you add those two words at the end doesn't make less offensive. Uh, our, our words, you've heard this, our words are like hammers. They can either build or they can destroy. And so we have to be careful. In our relationships, we have to be careful. Because even in relationships that you're close to, because we know the words to say to really make somebody mad. And the closest we are in relationships, we know the words to say to really like get under the skin and make the blood boil. We know how to do that. Communication is essential in every relationship. It's how you get to know a person. It's how you fall in love. Communication is important. It's how you begin to understand a person's heart. It's how we talk about problems. It's how we talk about needs. Communication is key. We have to communicate. Sometimes as men, instead of creating and cultivating a life of communication, we build man caves. That's what we do. We create a cave for us to seclude ourselves to when all the while the strength in marriage is building communication. And the church said amen. You know, in war, some of one of the first steps in defeating the enemy is is to sever the lines of communication. Right. Um, and so, lack of communication inevitably causes weakness, and that goes for every single relationship that you have. It leads to confusion and ultimately failure because if you're not communicating, you can't continue. Um, that's why communication is so vital in relationships, especially between husband and wife. I know we're, we don't want to exclude anybody today, but we want to include everybody, but especially in husband and wife. Um, men and women communicate very differently. There are five standards that both man and woman must use for each other. And the, the first standard of communication is caring. We talked about it a little bit last week. We're going to mention it again. This is all on the level of communication. Communication is key in any relationship, not just marriage relationship and any relationship. So we have to, uh, the first standard of communication is caring. This is a simple principle. You can't communicate with a person who doesn't care. It can't. It's very difficult to do this. We communicate concern and interest primarily through body language. Let me pause here for a moment and say, like, you ever been communicating somebody? Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's one of your teenagers. I don't know. But they can communicate visually, that they don't care what you're saying. They can roll their eyes. They can shrug their shoulders. They can look other, you know, other places. They, they're not connected because they don't care. And we can do that in relationships. It's important. I mean, I'm in, when I, I do my very best, I intentionally remember and try to remember every time I'm talking to somebody is I look them in the eyeballs. Straight, I mean, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking into their soul if I can. I want them to know I'm into what they're saying. I care about what they're saying. I'm not looking over their shoulder. I'm not looking behind me. I'm not doing that. And another thing that we do as parents, because we have small children, if, if my children come up to me and I am in a conversation with adult, they know to just stand there and wait. They don't even really say, excuse me. They just stand there and wait. And then I give them attention. But they do know if they'll wait long enough, they'll, they will have my full attention. In that moment, what do you need, son? And I look them in the eyes or I look my daughters in the eyes. Because our body language will tell the person who's communicating to us whether or not we care what they're saying. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, in this technology age, we, we have our phones, right? And we're just like always on our phones. And um, we have a rule when we go out to eat or when we're spending time together just us, you know, we just sometimes Robbie just leaves his phone at home, which I'm like, yes, it's awesome. 
awesome. But um, no, that, that's really important that we take time and we, it is body language. It is about how you communicate. You know, it's, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. It is still what you say, but it's how you say it as well. And um, we're teaching this to our kids, just like Robbie said, um, tone of voice and how you say things is so important. That's why texting, you can never tell tone in text, right? It can be like, you can say the nicest thing and have the nicest way to, you're like typing it, you're like, oh, this is, I'm, they're gonna love this. And then they get it and they're like, what does that mean? Because over text, there's no tone. And it's just like body language. We use our body language when we're speaking and communicating and it, it makes all of the difference, good and bad. Some of our disagreements, not arguments, some of our disagreements have happened via text message. Because you're like, hey, can you pick this stuff? I'm at the store, can you pick this up? Add this to your list of the store. I'm like, K, just the letter K, right? And she's like, what do you mean K? I'm like, I mean K, I mean it, I, I will get it, I've got this. She wants something a little more. Yeah, babe, not a problem, I will pick this up for you. Yeah. Do you want, right? Because subtleties and nuances are lost in text messages and emails, and so I have to like, I've become pretty good at, <laughs> I just have that saved, it's just copy and paste for me. She's, yeah, babe, I got that, I'm good, I love you, you know, just copy and paste it. You're just like giving all your little secrets <laughs> hey, away. I'm trying to help and save marriages. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there are times when I have to say to him, like, are, are you, are you listening? Are you listening to me? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm listening. Honestly. I'm like, no, 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 you need look me in the eyes. Right. I need to know you're listening. And then I close it. And, yeah. So we, we're, we've gotten pretty good at that. We don't argue as much. The second standard is praise. First one's, uh, first one's community or care. The second standard is praise. Uh, to be successful in communicating with anyone, you must begin with a positive tone. Negativity destroys relationships. Positive. Positive tone. Like we'd be getting harassed. Maybe it's a date night or maybe it's a, a, a fun event we're going to. And Danielle asked me, hey, babe, how do I look? I'm like, you look fine. Fine is the worst word in any male-female communication related. Fine is not cool, right? But if I would have said, baby, you look fine. You know, that's a little different, right? Yeah. A little different. There's a positive tone to it. So uh, when you approach communication, do it in the way of praise. You can say negative things when necessary, but you have to be careful how you say them. You can even say negative things positively. You can say negative things in a positive way because the way you do that is you offer an alternative. You offer a better way. You offer a greater way to maybe do this or go about this or in your situation and you communicate. You must earn the right by being a constant source of positive statements if you're just constantly negative. Like I, I tell this all the time, I don't wanna be around negative people. Seriously, do not wanna be around them, don't wanna hang out, you're a bummer. People like say, I, like, I'm a realist. I'm like, no, you're a bummer, man. You're bad attitude. Like I don't wanna hang out. I wanna hang out with really positive people. And in relationships, a lot of times we do have to talk about things that are not the most positive. We do have to talk about real life things. But if we're always talking about negative things and nothing's ever positive, then when the negative things do come along that are really important, then they just weigh on us even more. Does that make sense? So we need to accentuate the positive. We need to talk about good things. We need to praise a lot more. The scripture instructs us to speak truth, but truth in love. Yes, I don't mind criticism as long as it's constructive. I don't mind criticism as long as you offer a better way to do this. This is how we can make things better. And in way in doing that, to praise your spouse, and this goes for a friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, 
how we praise each other is we focus on their strengths, like he said, and, and not criticizing their weaknesses. It's so easy to sometimes do that, though, you know, when there's, like, clothes that have been piled up that I folded and he needs to put away. I'm like, hey, you know. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just using that as an instance. But I'm just saying, like, you can say it in a way where, hey, have you, you need to really pick up those clothes. I folded them for you, like, a couple days ago. What, you know, but if you say, hey, babe, you know, I've, I would love for you to put your clothes away or, you know, just things like that. When you speak in love and you speak to their strengths and not their weaknesses, a positive approach to marriage keeps us focused on what's right and why we fell in love in the first place. The third standard of communication in marriage is truth. So we're going to care. It's going to be about caring. It's going to be about praise and then truth. Ephesians 4 says believers are to speak truth and love. Truth and love must always accompany each other. Love without truth is like a cheerleader that's like waving her pom-poms during the game and her team is just losing, right? But truth without love is surgery without anesthesia. Yeah. So we must make sure that, that we approach everything in love. In our relationships, we approach it in love. We do things like, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this relationship. I'm enjoying what we're doing. But the truth is, is we, we have some things we need to hem up in our relationship, in our friendship. We need to hem these things up. But if, and, and the other thing is, 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 you know, if I do this, if I say this truth and I don't do it in love, then I end up creating more problems. We must get things out in the open and be honest about ourselves and, and about our relationships. This kind of communication must always be accompanied in kindness. Nothing's been accomplished when I'm trying to share truth and we're just battling each other. It's not gonna work. I want to share truth and love. Let's sit down. Let's spend some time together. Let's cherish this moment together. And let's share the real things in real love. The fourth standard of communication is faith. Without faith, people become mean. Faith means we don't have to be the enforcer. We can communicate with a gentle and quiet spirit. Here's what I'm saying, is that this fourth standard is faith. And, and so a lot of times we try to fix somebody. We're trying to fix our friends. We're trying to fix our spouse. We're trying to fix somebody. But if we're believers, we're people of faith, and, and we don't have to be mean, right? We can, we, can, we can pray, we can hope, we can show. If we're Christians, if we're believers, if we're people who follow Christ, then we're gonna allow our faith to be the example that we want those around us to fall on in line with. That's what we want to do. Yeah, because the Lord causes change. We don't. Yeah. We don't have to nag, and we've learned this. You don't have to bully. God will change us, not people. Those actions, they will just divide us. They, if we're fighting, it'll divide us even more in our relationship. But with faith, once we speak that truth in love, we put everything else in the hands of God, because he's big enough to change us. And sometimes that's hard to do, but we have to trust him and do our part in love, and then God will do the rest with our faith. And finally, the fifth standard of positive communication in any relationship, especially marriage, is surrender. I want you guys to let that settle in. Surrender. You don't have to always be right. You can surrender. Pick the mountains that you want to die on. Not everything's a mountain. You shouldn't have a mountain every week. 
shouldn't have a mountain every month. It's okay to surrender, fellas. Ladies, it's okay to surrender. We must give our mouths and our speech to God. Once we surrender to him, we will allow him to use our words to draw us closer together. He will use our communication to strengthen and grow our marriage. That's why it's so fundamental to an intimate relationship between a husband and wife. Is we have to, it's about her needs. And when she's communicating, it's about my needs. Genesis 2 says, God created Adam and Eve to become one flesh. To become one flesh and married. Verse 24 says, they were naked and unashamed together in the Garden of Eden. You can't be any closer than one flesh. They were naked and unashamed. Here's what I want. Next time you have an argument, next time you're like, there's a confrontation, get naked. That confrontation will end. I'm telling you, because it's over, right? That might be his tactic. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's very hard to, unashamed, they were naked. They, they, there's nothing, there's no barriers. Everything's just out there. Well, and I think that's more than just the physical. What he's saying is yeah. just, just get it, you know, put it out there because when you're with your spouse, you know, there's nothing hidden. Um, and, and I think intimacy in marriage means physical closeness and inner closeness. It's not just physical. When you know each other well in order to have, when you know each other well in order to have unhindered access, you have to be able to share with each other on that deep level. And I think that's where, the intimacy comes, it's not just physical, but it's that just knowing each other um, in and out and being open and having those honest conversations and just putting it all out there, um, again, in love, because that's what we want to, we want to keep it in love. But um, when we talk about intimacy, we use the acronym INVEST. So take the word intimacy and just break it down for a minute. We just use it like this, into me, I see. So a lot of times we're not intimate. We can't have an intimate relationship. We can't have a connection with somebody that's beyond surface relationship is because we don't want to look inside ourselves. Into me, I see. We don't want to become open. We don't want to reveal our true selves. We don't want to become naked, if you will. And so an acronym for intimacy, we use the word invest. So intimacy necessitates value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. Intimacy necessitates value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. For this, to happen, for, for this to happen, those four things have to happen. Those four things have to take place. We have to value, we have to have value, we have to have energy, we have to have sacrifice, and we have to have trust. Those things must be present. And first, value. In marriage, spouses have, should have access to each other's thoughts. You're not keeping anything from each other. There's nothing toxic in your relationship. When you value your spouse's thoughts, you know, what they are, you know what they will think, and their thoughts are important to you. His thoughts are important to me, and what he thinks is important to me. Danielle, I've been doing ministry for a long time, and um, once met a couple, good couple. I mean, you know, on, on the outside, looked like everything was great. After spending some time with him, um, we realized some things, and Danielle pointed out some things right away that, you know, were drawing our attention, and that the husband would disregard everything his spouse would say and use words like goofy and communicating to her. 
Well, then as we spent time with them, we realized that their small boys would call their mom goofy. Why? Because they heard their dad call their mom goofy. And so the woman now, she just closed herself off. Closed herself off to her husband or children. Because everything she did was disregarded. It wasn't, wasn't appreciated. Husband's just going to call her goofy. And it wasn't until like a session like this and a moment like this, the husband said, you know, I realize what I'm doing is wrong. He didn't even realize he was doing it. Has this aha moment, repents before the Lord, repents before his wife and children. Fix that, that little thing of just disregarding his wife or not including her in the conversation and everything that she would say would not be appreciated and the children connected with it. And change in a moment like this. Said, I'm sorry, Lord. Told his spouse, I'm sorry. Fixed a lot of things because there has to be value there. And as a husband and wife, we have to value each other. I have to value her so my kids will value her. When you devalue and reject what your spouse thinks, you, you have no hope of intimacy. And the next is energy. You and your husband or wife come from different backgrounds and perspectives, and that's okay. You are different people. That means that you have to work hard and understand what they are saying even beyond face value words. And this comes in friendships as well. Um, Men and women have different major needs. That's how they communicate, and it reflects this. Have you ever heard of the book, His Needs, Her Needs? If you haven't, it's a great book to pick up, and it teaches on the difference. Um, That means listening, asking questions, and talking about issues until you understand exactly where the other person is coming from. It's important. So we have to make sure we value. We have to make sure we understand where they're coming from, the energy that they're bringing to the relationship in a casual relationship. That's why we go back to form, family, occupation, recreation, message. We get to know somebody. I don't don't believe that that the social media part of our culture has really helped us. Because now we just have, we have a thousand friends on Facebook, but they're all these surface level friendships. They're not, there's no depth to them. We don't connect with anyone anymore. And unfortunately that can bleed over into other more important relationships. In husband and wife friends, work relationships. Because we've not invested the time. We don't value that. We don't put the energy in because it takes sacrifice. So we value there's energy involved and there's a sacrifice involved. When your spouse is sharing with you, you have to give up your need or your, your idea to always be right. We have to sacrifice. I, I, I got to be willing to set my ideas or agendas aside and say, you know what? We're in this together. What, what's, what's important to you right now? But that's a two-way street, right? Danielle's great at this. She knows I'm willing to set some things aside and, and include the conversation, her thoughts, her ideas, family planning, what we're doing as a church, as a family. But she's really quick to put her heart and her desires aside and to sacrifice so you can see the other half follow through. And then finally, it's trust. To, to create a consistent, caring atmosphere where both of you are free to share, to have to be a safe place for your husband and wife. Safe place. We're gonna share. 
And she knows what I tell her, she's not gonna tell her girlfriends. And she knows what she tells me, I'm not gonna put on Twitter or Facebook. Because there's a trust there. You want a lasting relationship? You want a, a lasting friendship? I pray there's trust there. I pray you allow trust to be a part of the conversation. So what you share with one another, something you can hold on to. Because there's going to be good things, there's going to be bad things, but both those, hold on to them. Trust each other. And don't you know when something amazing happens, I want to tell him. Yeah. When something horrible happens, I want to tell him. Because there's trust there and there's a relationship there. You always, you always tell the safest person, right? When you have something to say, you have something to share, and it's personal, it's private, you go to the safest person. And in relationships, we have to learn who those safe people are and so our, trust them. Our desire is that you will invest in relationship. Invest. Intimacy necessitates, so you gotta do it off memory, value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. We hope that's something you'd lean into today and grab hold of. The standard of caring, the standard of just what God is calling us to. This requires, this idea of investing in relationship requires an atmosphere of purity where you take responsibility for your mistakes. Does your spouse trust you? Or do you make him, do you make him or her feel safe? You may have physical intimacy in your marriage, but the inner intimacy will not happen unless you realize that intimacy necessitates value, energy, sacrifice, and trust, what we just talked about. Invest in your marriage, invest in your relationships, your friendships, because um, you'll go closer than ever before if you do that. If you will invest your time and your energy and sacrifice and trust, all of those things will grow your relationships. And as we close, let, let us all be reminded about what the Apostle Paul wrote about love. In 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It does not, it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. This is God's world. If you can't love people who don't look like you, smell like you, act like you, then you can't be used. We need more of this and less diverseness. Stand with me. Romans 13 and eight says, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. It goes on to say these and other such commandments are summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. See, we have to get this right. If we get this wrong, it doesn't matter what we get right. If we don't get this right, we can do a lot of good things. If we miss this, we miss everything, folks. I want you to love God with all your heart. And TJ, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the, the caveat here, the problem here, is that a lot of us, we don't really like ourselves. We don't care too much about 
our lives. There's a lot of sin and shame that we bring with us. And so how can we truly care about someone else? I I don't like me, so how can I ever like you? We don't put ourselves out there because we don't like who who we are. And today we have to understand to build relationships, I have to fall under the cross because we're all full of sin and we're all are full of shame. But if I fall under the cross, I can truly understand what love is. I can truly understand that I can love because he loved me first. And I can show love not because of what I have or what I've done, but, but because what he has done, what he's accomplished. So it's not about me. I'm going to love my neighbor as I love myself. I love myself a whole lot, not in a prideful way, but because of what Jesus has promised me. Not because of what I've done, but because of the truth I've found in his word. We have to get that right. A lot of us look at our lives and we see this. This is what we see. Look at this picture. This is what we see. We look at our lives and we see this. This is Death Valley. It's a desert. It's so dead, they call it Death Valley. No life, nothing's happened there. You see, we see our lives as a dry wasteland. We we see our marriage as dead. We see our relationships as horrible wastelands. Nothing can grow there. Nothing can be great there. But Brian, in 2005, something happened in Death Valley that hadn't happened in a long time. It rained for several hours. And after raining for several hours, Death Valley looked like this. Same area, same place, same time. Death Valley, it's not dead valley, it's simply dormant valley. Your relationship's not dead, it's just dormant. Your marriage is not dead, it's just dormant. It's gonna take the right things from up above to rain down and saturate it so something can come to life. Why are we doing this? Because we believe in relationships, that relationships are not dead, that love is not dead. It just needs something from above to come down and saturate it so something beautiful can come forth. That's why we do this. That's why we do this every week. We pray that the Holy Spirit would rain down in your life. There's no coincidence that the presence of God is similar to rain. The presence of God is like rain. Today, if you've never said yes to Jesus, you just said, Robbie, my life is just, it's just death. My marriage is just death. It's a wasteland. My, all my relationships are wastelands. I just, maybe you've never given your life to Christ and you'd like him to just saturate you with his presence. You'd like to say yes to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room today. No one looking around. But if you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus, you're ready to get the first relationship of your life right. And that's a relationship with him. You're ready to do that today. When I count to three, just slip your hand in the air. If that's you today, one, 
Hands are going up already. He's like, I'm waiting, not waiting on that preacher too. Three, throw your hand up, throw your hand up. If that's you today, wow, hands up, hands up. Awesome, drop it right back down. Amazing. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, every mind still upon God, pray this prayer with me. Like I said, I can't pray it for you, but I will pray it with you. Everyone will pray it with you. Pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I realize today that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Lord, today is not about me. It's all about you. I love you. I love others. I love myself. Today, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God raised him from the dead. Today, I begin the greatest relationship. That's with you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord.